Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming at you live from the moon in the sky. This is the Dead Beats Club. I am Graham Taylor, and joining me today are the lovely... Ryan Daniel Fine. R. Preston Radke. And they are fine as always. Especially so, me. Thank you, thank you. Especially Ryan. So, if you are turning into our first ever episode here, uh, we are the Dead Beats Club. What, are, what we are... Is basically a book club, but for music. Uh, basically, every week, one of us is going to select an album. We'll uh, listen to it. We'll, you know, write some notes on it, see how we feel about it, and we'll reconvene here and talk about it. We'll go over the album as a whole, and then we will break it down song by song, ultimately uh, decide whether or not we would recommend this to the masses, aka you guys, or whether we would not recommend it. It's pretty simple. So, before we get started in, into that, uh, let's get to uh, know ourselves a little bit. Uh, it's going to be very simple. I'm just going to ask you guys one, one question to get us started. Uh, what are your guys' top five favorite artists? Ryan, if you'd like to uh, steal the show. All right. Well, I don't know if these are like definitively my top five favorite artists, but I think it's a good kind of mix of what I like. So, um... Radiohead, at least for nostalgia purposes, is my Ooh. favorite band. <laughs> oh, shut up, Preston. Anyway, I also have David Bowie, Sonic Youth, and So I Watch You From Afar. And if you had told me this one would have been on here a few months ago, I would have not really believed you, but of Montreal. Ooh, I like those choices. And how about you, Mr. Preston Radke? Oh, that's a great question, Graham Taylor. I have to have to go with the Cincinnati native band, The National. Bell and Sebastian, Colts, LCD Sound System, and The Strokes, but I don't know. That's kind of wishy, wishy-washy. Well, you're kind of wishy-washy too, so. Thank you. You're welcome. And I have to say, uh, both of you are very unoriginal because my top favorite bands uh, include both Radiohead and The Strokes. Oh, oh gasp. Yeah, I know. I've never heard of The Strokes till a few weeks ago. But uh, alongside those two, uh, I'm a fan of Modest Mouse. Uh, Aesop Rock and The Killers will always be a favorite of mine. I love Aesop Rocky. So, oh my God. Oh, I can't believe you said that. You're off the podcast. Never mind. Bye, guys. So, it's nice while it Roll credits. So, those artists decide, some of which you guys probably heard of. Uh, we're going to segue into uh, this week's album, which is probably a band you've never heard of. I'm talking, of course, about The Ultrasounds, a Chicago-based indie band from a couple years ago. Uh, the album I chose to listen to for this week, and forced these other two to listen to this week, was called Give Up the Fight. It released uh, May 22nd in 2010, and the band itself lists it as an indie, art rock, pop rock, and shoegaze album. The uh, band is fronted by singers-songwriters uh, Chris and Sarah. I did not write down their last names, so... Wait, nope. No. Nope. Nope, that's the wrong guy. <laughs> Pilot! <laughs> This is our first episode, guys. Give us a break. But uh, I'll put that relevant information in the description. Um, so uh, I stumbled upon this album a couple of years back, uh, probably my sophomore year in high school. I had this really big, like, hipster trying to find these underground band phase. So hipster. I was, you know, right. I was digging really hard and stumbled upon these guys. And I don't know, I've enjoyed this album ever since. So nostalgia is obviously going to play a factor in my opinion of this album. But mm. you know what? Let's hear about you guys' opinion 
So uh, we're going to start the overview section of this little show. Uh, first question. Basically, how how did you feel about the album? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Uh, I don't know. Ryan, why don't you bear the torch? All right. Well, um, I thought there was a lot of really good things happening on this album. There were some points where it kind of reminded me of other things more than I would have liked, but it also kind of put, I thought, kind of like a post-rock gloss over it at some points, mm-hmm. and it kind of gave it some individuality, so I wouldn't say they're, like, ripping anyone off or anything. Um, I think it's a group of, like, really well-written songs for the most part. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, Mr. Preston? I also really liked it. Um, at, after my first listen, I kind of really wasn't feeling it, but um, the thing I really like about this album is that they really try a lot of different things. Um, I don't want to get into it too much, but there's a lot of different kind of song art- archetypes going on here, and I just really like how they do that. There are some negatives, but, you know, it's with every album, so it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, I obviously listened to the album with uh, some rose-tinted glasses, uh, but I... Like the album cover. Yeah, the, the album cover, which hopefully you'll be able to see for yourselves. Yeah, but the two polar bears making out. Yeah, it's beautiful, lovely pink shade in the background. But uh, I don't know. I heard the album for the first time, and it just immediately like hooked me, and I listened to the rest of the thing, paid a few bucks for it, and yeah, I've just been a favorite I bring up every now and then to whoever will listen, and I'm glad you two listened. So Anything for you. Oh, thank you. Almost anything. So, uh, next question here. Uh, what was your favorite song on the album? Ryan, if you'd like to go first once again. All right. Um, well, my favorite song on the album was actually I'm Always Right. I thought that was a really different direction for the band to take, and I'm sure we'll get into it more um, later in the segment, but... I really like the sort of twangy countryish vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice changeup. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And Preston, I really liked um, Ryan's selection. That was probably my second favorite, but I'd have to go with 1974. Um, kind of what Ryan said. It's kind of a it was kind of a nice changeup from the previous songs and the other songs on the album. It's very hard rock, very kind of guitar driven. A lot of the other songs, especially in the bridge, it was, you know, the guitar is featured heavily, but this one was very kind of, it made me honestly want to freaking speed around in a Lambo and start punching people. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great song. <laughs> I agree with you there. Not the punching people, but... But the speeding, right? Ev- yeah, everything okay. up to that point. All the other illegal activities you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I both enjoy that you both picked two songs that were kind of against the other feel of the album. Uh, myself, I liked Life on the Wire, which was more familiar to the rest of the album, but I think it's the song that pulled it off best. It really, you know, hits the ground running with that first, those first few chords. And Oh yeah, I love that there's like a flawless like transition into that song, like it just goes straight into it, doesn't waste any time. Yeah, 1974, just right into Life on the Wire, and I, I love that so much. And I frankly love the fact that the girl makes a reappearance, um, because... One of my complaints was that I wish she had more of her, just strictly her singing in a song. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was the first um, song after after You Close Your Eyes that she is the main singer. And I was just pleased to see Sarah again. Yeah, without a doubt, I am a big fan of her singing. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that Chris does it bad or anything. I think mm-hmm. she just stands out uh, more so than him. 
But I, agree. Uh, I especially like when they do kind of trade off vocals or yes. vocals or do uh, duet parts. Uh, the first one in the album I think is for Elliot, where they have uh, two singing parts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think of this album thematically? Like, how what do you think it was about? What were they saying to you through their music? Uh, Ryan. Um. Well, I thought it was kind of. Like, some of the things that I picked up on was kind of a how fleeting life is, kind of. Like, it just goes by really fast. Um, like, kind of all the things we did today and um, after you close your eyes, kind of like the bookends of the album, I thought were both kind of... Um, they both just had this idea of, like, enjoy life while you can or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um I, for some reason, I really went back to the idea of driving with this album. So, uh, full disclosure, I cannot drive. Um, I'm visually impaired. I'm completely blind. So I cannot drive. But for some reason, after you close your eyes, that first song just made me think about driving like in a sun-drenched morning through the suburbs of Chicago. And the second two um, songs, so World Perks and For Elliot, just made me think of sitting in a car in bumper-to-bumper traffic. The sky is gray to black. You know, it's miserable outside. Probably late November, <laughs> sometime in the wintertime. And I'm just thinking, I just picture myself thinking, oh, I can't wait to get home. can't wait to get all this traffic. So, yeah, cars, driving. Okay, I can see where both of you are coming from. Uh, personally, I was always, uh, you know, me- mentally connected the album with... Uh, some themes of like loss and mm. not necessarily mm-hmm. death, but yes. definitely losing a friend. Uh, especially the song for Elliot makes it seem like almost like a eulogy. Seems very desolate. Yeah. Very yeah. Desolate. And that, that's another thing that I picked up on kind of related, like kind of the everything ends sort of thing. So mm-hmm. especially even in the album title, give up the fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Though not necessarily, necessarily should be taken in a uh, pessimistic sense, but more of a, more of an almost nihilistic sense, you know. Yeah, Whoa. give up the fight. Whatever happens, happens. Oh, and I'm always a, a sucker for a nice uh, title drop, like an album title drop, mm-hmm. and oh. we got one of those in World Perks, so I'm pleased. <laughs> uh huh. Kind of going back to for Elliot with your um, kind of go- dealing with loss. I really think it was kind of cool that they, in that song, they featured in the background. I don't know if it was, it was like a newscast or it maybe it could have been like someone's like a recorded message on an answering machine, but yeah. that really did something for me. Kind of um, personified the hopelessness that the singer, whoever this was about, was feeling. Yeah, that like kind of radio or TV static, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because one of the open, opening lines of the song is like the blue flashing TV screen or yes. something. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely adds to the atmosphere of that yeah. track. And honestly, that is another one of my favorite tracks on the album. I have a lot of those, but again, it's just me. That, that nostalgia is kicking in. So, uh... Uh, so we've gone through kind of a lot of what we liked. Um, what were some of the things you disliked about this album? Uh, Ryan, if you want to go ahead. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that I noticed, especially the first time I listened through it, um, a lot of these things kind of, like I said earlier, just kind of reminded me of other things, um, like to the point where it was a little bit distracting, like World Perks, which actually ended up becoming one of my favorite songs on the album, if nothing else, because of the strength of that riff, which <laughs> is just so freaking groovy. But um, 
it really reminded me of Interpol quite a bit. Um, okay. For Elliot. <laughs> Focus, Preston. Focus. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Pilot. Um, <laughs> Pilot. So uh, for Elliot reminded me of brand new um and like the harmonies and when i saw her like really were reminiscent of pink floyd um while oh man focus ryan focus pilot (laughs) you know we can't use that joke after today after today we're serious professionals we we have no excuse after today (laughs) um yeah but um, another weakness I thought was um, the lyrics. While they're not like terrible or anything, yeah, I thought they I were. You. I thought they were a bit basic, a antiquated. I th- yeah, mm-hmm. I felt like um, it would have been a little better if it had been more, um, not necessarily poetic, but you know, not mm-hmm. so straightforward. Yeah, luckily the album doesn't as a whole rely on the lyrics. I think they more complement the music itself, but mm-hmm. that's definitely not one of the stronger aspects. Yeah, overall, I think I have to give my um, what did we decide on skull and crossbones? <laughs> we'll be we'll be changing some things. So today, I give my skull and crossbones award <laughs> to the track uh, when I saw her, just because nothing amazing really um jumped out at me in it that I hadn't heard amazing before in a good way. Yeah, I didn't really um like. Like I said, I probably prefer Sarah's vocals, but this is probably the only song where I just didn't really dig the vocal take. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of lethargic. Yeah. I really didn't appreciate, I don't know if it was the chorus, but just the continuous, I saw you. And it was kind of featured in the beginning of the song and yeah. released by Chris. I really, full disclosure, that also received my um, least favorable feeling skull and crossbones apparently if we go with that rating system yes yes work in progress guys progress baby you're you're learning right along with us guys this is cool (laughs) this is a fully immersive experience but uh yeah as you both said the lyric lyrically the album isn't too strong in that regard um and i kind of got to agree with when i saw her is the weakest song on the album the other thing i thought of was um Apart from 1974, it seemed like a lot of the songs that Chris mainly sang, they were very similar to the other ones, whereas Chris's, or Sarah's pieces, songs, were a lot more um, different and a bit more experimental. Like, for instance, in the beginning, you had, you know, after you close your eyes, very kind of upbeat, kind of more pop rockish, very good. And then yeah. you had um, Life on the Wire, which we said is kind of, kind of countryish a little bit and like I was just very happy to hear her sing again. It's just Chris's it just seemed very apart from nineteen seventy four, they just seemed very kind of desolate and kind of the same. So Yeah, mm-hmm. Sarah, you also have um that a cappella mm-hmm. interlude uh told you before, which I thought was a nice moment. Oh yeah, I think that's a great way to end the album. Not necessarily a full song, but uh like I said, nice outro. Kind of wrap it all up. I, Is that the um Hang on. We, sorry if this doesn't get cut out. Uh, <laughs> is that the last song on the album? Because on Spotify, it has all the things we did today. Yeah. Oh, after that. oh that's, really? That's the last yeah. one. So I had a comment about so that, actually. Wait, yeah. So wait, you're saying that me, the man who's a huge fan of this album, has not heard this entire album? Have you not heard all the things we did today? I didn't. 
that's not on their Bandcamp. Oh man. Okay. Ladies, so here's ladies and gentlemen, this is unprecedented. <laughs> this is incredible. All right. Because another yeah another thing I was going to say like told you before might have actually been a better closer than all of the things we mm-hmm. did today. But um, I also thought the album was kind of too short, so maybe yes, not even maybe. then. Um, yeah, it didn't feel like an ending to me, and I guess it makes sense if it's not technically. Uh-huh. I cool can, song, though. I, can, I, I hope it is. I can't wait to listen <laughs> to it as soon as we end this up. The only thing I liked about... All you think, all the things you need to do today as an ender. Because it was an all right song. It sounded very similar to um, a lot of the tracks in the beginning, um, specifically um, "World Perks" and "For Elliot." But I, I mean, I did kind of like the title of "All the Things You Did Today." I thought that was kind of cool. And I almost kind of wonder if they just put that song there and just because of the title, honestly, because it kind of wraps it up nicely. But it was an all right song. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I. Definitely can't wait to hear it. I like the. I, we expect a report next next time, Graham. <laughs> like I can't say how the song is, but I agree with you. I definitely, <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the title. Yes, that definitely does seem like a good ending title. So, uh, who that uh, little mistake aside, I have one more uh, question for us all before we uh, get to the song by song breakdown. Uh, just how did you feel the production value was? Uh, I know Ryan, you specifically are kind of studying this, so. You, guess you're technically our experts oh you would think so wouldn't you um (laughs) i know absolutely nothing about production but saying that um i did think that the production was one of the strong points Mm -hmm. of the album um i thought it had a very good sound well um the one thing that i have to say about the production in a negative way because like i said it is very good um but sometimes they have those effects like um like at the beginning of World Perks, for example, you have like the guitar effects at the mm-hmm. beginning, I think it was. Yeah. Um, it just sounded a bit too compressed, I guess. Or um, I don't know. I'm trying to sound smart production-wise. <laughs> you are expert, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded a bit crushed. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, Preston? Uh, well, I am the I'm the Willie Loman of... The group here comes in production. I don't know. I don't know anything about production, how it's done, how to analyze it. So I'll just be honest. I think production-wise, it sounded fine. It didn't sound like you know some you know high school garage band that was just recorded with an iPhone. Essentially, I think it sounded production-wise, it sounded fine. I think one of the major strong points of this album was the atmosphere that a lot of the songs created. Um, I spoke earlier about the kind of desolation that I felt in songs two and three, uh, World Perks and For Elliot. And I think a lot of that was done using just the reverb and just the atmosphere and the ambiance that was created. So I think the production sounded great, but I don't know how it was. I don't know how they made it sound that great, but. But goddammit, they did it. Great nonetheless. I don't know if I can say that live on radio. We'll see. Preston. God dang it. Yeah, I don't know if I can say that either. Oh. oh. What's that thing you've been saying, Preston? Pilot? Pilot! <laughs> Shoot. Oh, <Our>. pilot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Preston, on the, uh, like you said, how they create, like, this atmosphere mm-hmm. of, like, being alone and desolate. And uh, also, like you, I'm no expert when it comes to music recording or production or all that good but you're technical still a stuff. Nice guy. Oh, thank you. You are too, most of the time. Uh, well, hmm. This is this is another topic for another episode, boys. 
Yeah, let's fight some other time. <laughs> Give up the fight, man. Hey! <laughs> but yeah, I, overall, I think it's a very nice sounding album, especially for an, a group that's so incredibly hard to find and kind of extraordinarily underground. Are you talking about us or the album? Both. Okay. At least I hope this sounds half as good as the album. If it does, <laughs> then that's a success. I don't know. I might be underground after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, by the way, we're recording this podcast on no, no, November 7th, so I assume that... Um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Dr. Zoidberg has won the election in a landslide. Thank God. <laughs> if you don't hear from us again, assume he did not. But, uh, yeah, I think that does it for our overview section. Uh, we survived. So let's take a look at this song by song. I guess I won't be able to participate in the final song. Homework. But uh, we have a few songs before we get there. We'll have enough fun for you, too. <laughs> so the uh, first song. After you close your eyes, uh, it's sung by Sarah. She opens this album. Hooray. And I think she does a very good job. This is, I keep saying I have all these favorite songs on this album, but again, this is one of my favorite Not songs the on the album. Not the last one. Oh, you don't got to rub it in, man. <laughs> I thought it was a fan of these guys. <laughs> oh, you not. thought. Uh, anyways, so yeah, after you close your eyes. Ryan? Well, um, this kind of misled me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um at the beginning, it kind of gave me a, a pop-punk vibe. It's very... I actually thought it was pretty different from the vibe of the rest of the album. Um, it actually kind of reminded me of Hop Along, even though they hadn't made any music at that time. <laughs> um, but it's musically really strong. It's a good beginning. It feels like a beginning. You'll find out that I'm a big um, critic... You'll find out that I'm very um, picky about the album format. I really like that. I like it to feel like it's a progression from beginning to end. So um, this is definitely a beginning. Mm-hmm. And you, Mr. Well, Redkey? I really liked it. It's probably my third favorite song on the album. I think it was a great intro. Um, kind of going back to what um, Fine said, I... I got misled, frankly. I thought it was going to be kind of this pop-punk, maybe Tegan and Sarah-esque type album. But I was obviously slightly misled. Not not necessarily in a bad way, Graham Taylor. Put oh, your, of course put your not. Gun down. My gun is, my gun is away. <laughs> okay, it's unloaded. Okay, Safety is on. Okay, good. <laughs> but I, I really liked it because it, it was really happy, upbeat. Um, got me real excited. And f- for the songs after that, when I felt sad and desolate, it kind of put me back at ground zero. So um, I really liked it. Her her vocals are really cool. It's really upbeat. I liked it a lot. I wish some of the other songs or more songs on this album were had the same energy as this one. But I think this really works because I think it for kind of people who people like me and Ryan who had never heard this before, if they are more inclined towards pop punk, they hear this they're like, oh, this album is gonna be great, and then they just keep listening to the rest of them and. I mean, they may not think that it's necessarily as great, but they may be exposed to the different themes and tile types of songs that are on here, and then they'll get hooked, hopefully. So I really yeah. liked it. To play devil's advocate, though, they could hear this first track that, yeah, I like this pop punk. Listen to the rest of the album, like, where's the pop punk? This album sucks. I hate this band. Defend pop punk. <laughs> but I don't think anyone would ever actually say that because it's a decent album, at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, After You Close Your Eyes is... A good song, I will say. My opinion. I can't speak for you two. But, uh, yeah, it really kicks off the ener- the album with that energy and 
has that really tasty rift at the end mm-hmm. or like the middle till the end of the song mm-hmm. I mean the lyrically the ending of the song isn't really too complex and right, just kind of a few words repeated over and over yeah. I think it it's harmless yeah it's harmless it leads into the rest of it and really sets the stage I guess uh, so the next song World Perks uh, that's when we first hear <laughs> that's when we first hear uh, Chris's vocals and uh, yeah so what do you two think of this Ryan um, well, like I said, it, the more I listened to this album, the more this became one of my favorite songs. Um, to be perfectly honest, earlier when we were talking about this, I thought we were already going into the songs. So I kind of already said all I had to say about this. But um, the bass line um, definitely contributes to like the kind of dancey atmosphere of it. Like I said, I do love that riff. And there's that other kind of lick that happens toward the middle of the da 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 um, mm-hmm. another, another really good moment, so I think this is one of the strongest songs on Ho- the album. Hopefully you at home will give this album a listen so you know these little noises we're making. Yeah, so you know that sense. I'm not just being crazy here, even though I kind of am. And Preston, your thoughts? I, I liked almost everything about this song except, oddly enough, the vocals. I love the instrumentals. I love the atmosphere. I love that riff. Um... I didn't necessarily like his voice on this album. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I had my little Freudian slip with uh, Chris Caraba. <laughs> he is of Dashboard Confessional fame, and I actually kind of think that he um, sounds a bit like Mr. Caraba in this song. Um, I think the song's a bit too long, but on the other hand, I also think it works being that long. Um, I like the progression a lot. It's a good song. I, I initially I did not like the song, frankly. I thought it was kind of, I mm-hmm. just thought it was too long. Thought the lyrics were kind of cliche or antiquated. But I, I kind of grew to like it. That's why you should always listen to albums, you know, three or four times if you're gonna review them. So mm-hmm. I just also have to mention um, there in the, in, next in the remind me game. Um, there is that line. Uh, now I'm going to bed, and every time I hear that, I'm like. And my, and my stomach is sick. And then... <laughs> Brandon Flowers, is that you? But, no. If so Brand... That's why you like this album. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got Mr. Me. Killers fan over <laughs> you, here. You got me. Uh, yeah, this was actually the first song I ever heard by the Ultrasounds. So, when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, this is a really good song. And now, I'll, after all these years have passed, I'm like, yeah, it's an okay song. It's, it's Interesting. probably towards the top on my... You know, favorite songs of this album, but it's not at the top like it once was. Uh, I think it might actually be Chris's uh, best song vocally. Oh, we're going to fight. Oh. But not tonight. Go on. (laughs) Uh, But, I don't know. It just kind of takes that energy from the first song and uh, slows it down a bit. And I think it it acts as a good segue into the later songs. But, yeah, it's a solid song. Not much more to say about it on my end. And so from here, we move on to uh, For Elliot, which is the first song where both Chris and Sarah have some vocal part. Mm-hmm. I think that really does the song a lot of... It does a lot of good things for the song, let's put it that way. Uh, Ryan, you agree? Disagree? Oh, I, I do agree. Um, I think the kind of interplay there really works for it. Um, 
this was actually one of my favorites when I first started listening to it, and then it kind of, like, moved down the list. It has a... Um, this is one of the ones that made me really think of the post-rock vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a favorite genre of mine, so I liked that. I also really love the build-up of this song. I think that's one of yes. the strongest parts of the album, even. Well done on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one of the slower songs on the album, and I, I can appreciate that. Mm, it's slow-moving. Um, like I said, I kind of... It's a little bit repetitive, so I got, like, until the build-up, so it kind of wore off, but not too much. I still like it. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Preston? That's me. I actually, I like this song a lot. Um, kind of going back to the last song, I didn't necessarily like it initially, but I kind of like having, I like the, my favorite part actually was having the kind of newscast in the background that we talked about earlier kind of emphasize the desolateness of this album of this song mm-hmm. um i loved having the girl singing in tandem with chris um i think it, i think they probably should have done more of that actually um and I, I just noticed that this band really likes to have heavy bridges or heavy progressions like very guitar driven very good progression in this song um the one thing i thought of was well it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting and kind of sad because um it's it's a very kind of I think you guys would agree it's kind of a sad song, a little little oh, depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of sad that a band of any sort, just any band that you can find online would write a song about one of the residence halls on campus and make it sound so sad. Oh, so. absolutely. Oh boy. Well, for those of you who are not a Ball State alum, God bless you. Ah, uh, we do have an a residence hall on, on campus, Elliot Hall. The song is called For Elliot, so put two and two together there. You can figure out the joke. Shout out to our dear friend who works there whose name is not Elliot. <laughs> or maybe it's for Elliot Smith. Oh, that's a possibility. It, it could be. That's a legitimate possibility. Yeah. But while we're talking about who Elliot could be, I mean, like you said, it's one of the sadder songs, mm-hmm. and the lyrics definitely... Uh, support that opinion uh for example there's a line uh six whole years passed since you gave a yeah, rose parade a which kind of makes it seem like it's a funeral procession mm-hmm. well funeral procession and really this t- title for elliot makes it seem like it's dedicated to this guy who man that is possibly died theory now yeah man mm-hmm. man that just blew my mind and throwing back to our earlier discussion it definitely seems like this whole album is just like about you know, life as a whole and possibly moving on and giving up the fight, forgetting so the past. Fleeting. It might as well be. I think it very well could be about somebody who committed suicide at such yeah. a young age. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, song ends with the line, where that cloud of smoke goes, now only you know, and just kind of ties it all together. I so love the lyrics in that song. This, this is probably their strongest song lyrically, yes, I, I would agree. say. And for that, I really do like this song. And then, you know, as the song is winding down, as soon as it comes to an end, it's just, uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Whew. Uh, but yeah, no, the song does wind down and the song does end. Uh, it's followed by When I Saw Her. Oh, boy. Here we go. Ooh, I can't wait. It's not a terrible song. I don't think it's a terrible song. Wait, wait, Preston, do you want to go first this time? Uh, No. (laughs) All right, Ryan. All right. Why is it not a terrible song? I mean, okay, here's the thing. 
there's nothing that like jumps out in this song that is new to me that I really enjoyed. Um, there's some nice parts to it. I just mm-hmm. don't think it really fit that well together. I see what they were going for. Um, again, I didn't really dig the vocals or think they fit in with the rest of it. I think there's it's just kind of jumbled and a little bit of a mess. But again, it, it does fit kind of well into the scheme of the album. It's a necessary and so song. I, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I don't have any issues when I listen to it. I'm not like, I don't uh, <laughs> turn this off. I don't know if I'm allowed to no, no. say. Turn this slosh off. <laughs> slosh, that's a good word. Slosh, okay. Um, it's a technical term. <laughs> yeah, I have no severe issues with this song um, that... Com- are completely distracting. So let's just leave it there. So Preston, I'm assuming you're going to agree word for word that this is an okay song. Well, okay, I actually don't. I think I was a bit strong. I don't hate it. <laughs> just the, dislike. The, the, yes, I do. But the okay. song actually does a lot well. Like I really like the juxtapos- juxtaposition of forms and styles in this song. In the beginning, it starts out kind of kind of sounding similar to the previous two or three songs, kind of slow, kind of dreamlike. But then it transitions to this kind of jazzy, guitar-driven piece. And then it just goes right back into kind of what their, their previous song sounded like. Um, the main thing I disliked about was, frankly, was the lyrics, um, and especially the I Saw You chorus. I really I really didn't like that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of... Um, Chris's vocular performance in this song. But on the positive note, this kind of reminded me again of Driving. This was another slow traffic song. Mm-hmm. However, when we went to the jazzy part, that kind of reminded me of like a a day driving on the kind of the Embarcadero in San Francisco with the top down on the <laughs> convertible, mm-hmm. straw hat on, smoking a cigar. Don't smoke, kids. I don't. <laughs> so it was, it, was probably, it was my least favorite song in the album, but it's probably not as, it's not as bad as I probably made it sound to be so mm-hmm. now the next song ooh, I'll ooh, ooh. um I, I i agree with you i think you put it best when you said it's a necessary song yes uh it doesn't do anything particularly strong but it doesn't do anything terribly awful either the chorus part the i saw you kind of drags on mm. and it's really not that interesting but at the same time it, it it ties it helps tie the album together and it it works but it's not like if this came out while well, i yeah. Shuffled my music, I would definitely skip it probably. Uh, but this next song, you seem to have more opinions on this. Would you like to start us off this time? Oh, order is order. <laughs> All right. Fine. Well, um, this is definitely the mosh pit kind of yeah. horns up rock song of the album. I really didn't expect it when I was first listening to this. I was like, wow, man, I just kind of <laughs> want to headbang to this. Um, And then, like, once I heard the, like, really heavy rock riff. I was also kind of not expecting the reverby effects on the vocals. But that was pretty great for the song, I think. Um, It made it sound very old-timey, very, if you'll excuse me, very 1974. Hey! Oh! Title drop. (laughs) Man, we should have, like, a a sound effects board. Just, like, hit a button. Title drop! I'm sorry. This This is a classy, relaxed podcast. All right? Everything, every sound we need to make, we can make with our mouths. 
But okay. bum. Todd, I'll drop. There we go. Anyways, please continue. <laughs> um, that's uh, pretty much all I have to say on this album. It's I, on this uh, song. Oh, we're just gonna wrap it up early. All right, boys. <laughs> oh well. Take it to the bank. Good night. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite songs on the album. Definitely, it's so fun. It's I really enjoy listening to it. Mm-hmm. Preston, I love this song. I really like this song. I love the reverb effect that he was talking about. It was just such such a nice change. Um, I mean, it was. It was upbeat, but it was like upbeat bordering, upbeat bordering on like violent, which we don't condone <laughs> violence. I never do, but it's just, I do. Oh, okay, well, Ryan does. <laughs> so if you want to be violent, contact Ryan. You can be violent together. Um, his voice was really great. This was, I think, his best. Um, this way his voice sounded the best on the album. I think he was able to kind of the reverb really helped him out a lot, and I was really he was really able to show his versatility. And I really wish that could have been shown more through some of the other songs on this album. I just wish I just wish more of the songs were like this, frankly. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even need the girl in this to be awesome. And I have I have a theory okay. for you two. Now, this is not a good theory. I'll have much better theories later on. Can't wait. And this is not theory of a dead man. This is just a theory of a deadbeat club. Hybrid theory. <laughs> yeah, hybrid theory. Very good. <laughs> so the so Mr. Ryan Fine. Can you can you tell me something? What is the name of this song? Oh well, uh, let me check my notes. Oh, it's called uh, 1974. Oh, that, that that that's correct. And Mr. Graham Taylor, where is this where is this little collection of musicians from? Uh, I do believe that they are from a uh, little town called Chicago. Very little. Uh huh. Well, the year 1974 is really interesting because it's five years before 1979. Oh, okay. And 1979. Well, also a year, it is also the name of a song by another Chicago band who happens to be named? The Smashing Pumpkins. So okay. could this be could this be an ode to the Smashing Pumpkins? Because, I mean, the Smashing Pumpkins aren't that hard. Like, I don't think they really did anything hard like this all that often in all their albums. But since this is such a departure from all their other songs, maybe just the general hardness and guitar-driven of this song was kind of their ode to the Smashing Pumpkins. Hmm. I don't know why they chose the year 1974. Like I said, it's a bad theory, <laughs> but maybe it's true. I mean, it is a theory. I like oh. your Elliot Smith one better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I, could, if I could propose a counter theory, oh? consider that maybe the 1970s were just a good year for both the bands. Or maybe Billy Corgan is actually a jerk. Chris... Oh. Oh, whoa, 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 again, Okay, for another episode, but maybe, maybe Mr. Corgan is, uh, Ashley, Chris, whatever his last name is, in disguise. Wait, actually, I have it pulled up right here, I think. Oh, yes, it's, uh, Christopher Gilbert. Sorry, Chris, if you ever hear this, I apologize. But, uh, moving on, uh, yeah, the song really kind of comes out of nowhere, Especially after uh, when I saw her, which was kind of bland and very kind of forgettable. And this song just, again, goes right into it with the hard guitar riffs and the really overall rocking sound. And So good. I mean, wh- I'm not going to lie, the first time I heard it, I, I thought it kind of uh, st- stood out like a sore thumb. It does stand out, It yes. does. And, you know, after, you know, listening to it over the years, it's just, I, it still stands out, but not in a bad way. It's... Like, the midway point of the album is just a good, 
I don't know, break before we get into uh, uh, Life on the Wire, which is, again, very similar to their some of their previous songs. So, speaking of Life on the Wire, any thoughts on this one, Ryan? I think it's um, kind of the most typical indie rock jam on the album. <laughs> I don't have much to say other than that. It's a nice song. Like I said earlier, I love the transition mm-hmm. into this song. Yes. I love that. I didn't even notice it the first time I listened through the album. I was like, what's Life on the Wire? You mean um, <laughs> 1974 Part 2? Um, <laughs> but I had... Um, I had missed the Sarah-centric songs, so this was a welcome moment on the album. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read to you guys what it says in my notes. It says, finally, exclamation mark, the girl sings a lot, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I, I, re- I really like this song a lot. I agree with Ryan. It's probably the most stereotypical indie-sounding song, but I, I think it really works it works well. I think it works with her voice kind of gets to be shown off a lot in this. Um, I guess I only wish she would have sung more songs like this earlier. Maybe made Mr. Gilbert kind of not sing as much. <laughs> oh. I mean, he's, he's, I'm sure he's a good guy. Yeah. But it's a good <laughs> Chris, song. If, I, you're, if you're listening, Chris, we, we love you. Chris, but... you are so much more talented than I am. There's a reason why <laughs> I'm reviewing these and not making these. So, And I guess I do love the the change from 1974 to this song was really very interesting. It was just, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes without saying that I also love that transition. And uh, I really appreciate that. I'm pretty sure this song is the most uh, lyrically dense, mm. uh, which is good because it really gives Sarah a lot of room to flex her vocals. Oh, yeah. And, uh, again, the lyrics aren't too special, but I think they're definitely on the stronger spectrum that this album has to offer. And... It might be stereotypically indie, but Nothing I like wrong with that. I like indie, and stereotypes Spitzy. aren't always bad. So that's all I'm gonna have to say about that. Ah, uh, and after Life on the Wire, we have uh, I'm Always Right. Yes, Mr. Redkey, would you like to go can first? Can I go first? You can. Oh, I go thought first. order was order, Preston. That was like ten minutes ago. Yeah, Stick man. with the times. With We're the currently times. evolving. It's called <sighs> progression. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I really like this song because of the violin. Um, Andrew Bird would be so proud of this song. Uh, it's, it's 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 a nice change from mostly guitar and um, sound effects driven pieces in, er- in the earlier part of the album. Um, I love how Sarah's back again. The atmosphere is really good. Um, the feel it makes me think of like kind of like a lazy Sunday sunny Sunday afternoon, just kind of hanging out in the hammock if I had one. So I, I really like it. I'm thinking we should invest in a hammock. <gasps> Ooh, well, there's an idea. Giddy up. <laughs> uh, and Ryan? Oh, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, and it's, it's kind of weird because um, those of you who know me well know that country is probably my like one of my least favorite genres of music in general. But mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I usually like it when bands that aren't country kind of go for a country vibe and this is no exception Mm -hmm. um and i think the piano and violin solos kind of right next to each other really kind of puts it over the top um so yeah i thought it was a great song Mm -hmm. yeah again definitely stands out uh kind of in the same vein as 1974 just by being 
except uh, the opposite, you know? Yeah, it's so generally. <laughs> it's generally different. But yeah, the, the instrumentals are definitely pretty incredible on this track. Um, even the lyrics, again, they're not super beefy, but. Yeah, you know, that, could, that, that violin, though, it gets makes yeah. up for it. Yeah. Even the lyrics kind of play into the yeah. country vibe. Like, Yeah, it opens with, what, 18 on the dot? I think that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> goes with that, the theme of, you know, growing up and knowing everything. But knowing everything is... Uh, what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially me. Oh, without a doubt. And so, the final, not final song on the track, or on the album, uh, told you before. Uh, any, any thoughts on it? Ryan, you can go first. Oh, we're back to order. Order. Oh, oh <laughs> thank you, Preston. No problem. Constantly evolving. Yeah, I thought it was a cool interlude. I think um, I can. I almost considered taking the cheap route and calling this my least favorite because I didn't really know what else to call it. But I feel like interludes are kind of a. Um, you kind of have to think of them differently, mm-hmm. like in, in terms of the album instead of on their own. Right, and I think this did its job really well. If it was meant to be the end of the album, then I think it was a good tag. And otherwise, I think it leads into all the things we did today pretty well. But and Grant I think wouldn't know that. No, I think this is a great ending <laughs> to the album. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, the the only other thing I really have to say about it, I mean, it's acapella. The vocals are good. Um, the only other thing that really contributes to the music is this like static noise at the back of the mix, which kind cool. of mm-hmm. is a, it's a nice effect. I think it adds to it. It reminds but, me of your record player, actually, Ryan. It makes it more desolate too, yeah, as we've been saying. B- builds on the atmosphere already established. Uh, anything to add to that, Preston? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. It was hard, frankly, going back to what Ryan said. It was really hard to say anything um, overly positive or overly negative, just because it's so short. But I, I did like from what I hear. I, I love the static. That was pretty innovative, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the main thing, I, the thing I like most, actually had nothing to do with the song itself. But I really liked how, I just really like how this com- this contributed to the experimentation of this album. The fact that there are a few songs that sound very similar, but I wasn't expecting to see this on their album. I just think it's kind of a interesting addition i guess so it just added more to their diversity quota i guess mm-hmm. which is a good thing because we like diversity yeah i think you two pretty much covered all the bases uh except for of course your perception of the song might be different because i thought this was the album closer i thought this wrapped it up but yeah. here i am you know four or five years later finding out there's more to this album and i'm really not prepared to be hosting this episode so i'm just gonna pass the mic off to you ryan and you can lead the discussion on the last song all right, yeah, let's uh, let's go, Ryan. go over it pretty quick. Um, again, it doesn't really sound like an ending. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it kind of sounds like it could have been, but I felt like the the ending of the song itself could have been done better to promote it being the closer of the album. The bass line also makes it sound kind of like big and kind of post rockish. I think it's a cool song. I just wish it was more vinyl. I agree. I I think it sounds similar. To, this is kind of going against what I just said, but I think this song kind of sounds similar to one of the earlier songs on the on the track on the CD. But I think it's still a good one. I I love the echo. I love the ambience of this song. 
um, I just feel like after it was over, I was like, all right, what's next? You know, I, it didn't feel like a closer. It felt like a, a, a mid-album song, frankly. But it was good. I, I still liked it. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was kind of in the middle of the pack. wasn't one of my favorites. wasn't my least favorite. So I don't mean I don't want to like cop out, but it's good. Mm-hmm. And how did you like it, Graham? Well, who knows? Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe one day we'll revisit this and I'll be able to accurately, you know. Graham rev- currently has no bad thoughts about this song. I no no good thoughts, no bad thoughts, no thoughts. Well, I have some thoughts, but they're not entirely relevant. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll be able to come back here and. Given my actual opinions like on this album, next maybe, week. maybe this song will just completely completely destroy the album for me. I might hate the ultrasounds after this. Well, maybe. I mean, we'll find out. Maybe, but uh, so that's the entire album. You've heard almost all of our thoughts on it, and for the most part, we I think we tended to agree each other. There was some positive vibes going throughout. Not necessarily a bad thing. Nice way to kick this off. You know, some nice friendly discussion. So uh. Ryan, if if a friend asked you, "Hey, give me a give me an album to listen to," would you recommend this to said friend? Um. Well, I guess it depends who that friend is. I mean, that's going to be my answer all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah. In general, I think it's an accessible album. I think people would like it. I think um, if you're a fan of some cool indie music, then you should listen to this album. Give it a couple spins. I think you might. I think you'll find something on it that you'll really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And you, Mr. Redkey? I would. Um, I think it'd be it's, it'd be a good intro album for someone who's maybe hasn't really taken many steps into the indie world. And I think this album, going back to the diverseness of some of the tracks, it really gives them a good um, taste of the different genres and styles that this overarching genre holds. And I, like I said, it has the kind of pop punk sound of the first song and then Ryan's going on about his, his post-rock thing and then I like the very uh, Wilco and Graham Parsons-ness of the One Country song which is I'm Always Right. You so, are always right. Oh, thank you, thank you. So I would. I I, I like it. It's not going to be like in my top 100 but it's one that I'm glad, I've li- that, I'm glad that I listened to and I hope you guys listen to it too. Mm-hmm. And well, I obviously recommended it to you too, but uh, I would, I would definitely tell my friends to go listen to this. I have before in the past, and I probably will continue to. Again, I have very fond memories of this album, so my opinion's a little biased. But uh, can I, I can I ask you a question, Graham? You can. How did you discover this album? Uh, like I said, I just went through this phase of really digging through these underground right. albums, surfing through Bandcamp, and I just saw this album artwork of two polar bears kissing. I'm like, well, this could be interesting. <laughs> so I clicked on it, and it was interesting. And I recognize that this isn't a perfect album. It doesn't right. doesn't make take too many risks or go all the way out there. But it and honestly, my biggest criticism of it is it's too short, which Agreed. is not the worst. It's not the worst yeah, criticism in the world to say uh-huh. that I wanted to hear more. Oh, definitely. It definitely does a lot right, and it definitely does a lot very right. So, yeah, I think overall we can all say that we would recommend this album. So, ideally in the future, you, our devoted fans, our raving followers, will uh, be listening Both along. Both of you. <laughs> all, hey all two of you out there. Hi, Mom and Dad. We'll be listening <laughs> along. And in just a few minutes here, we will be uh, saying our next album that we'll, we'll be 
that we will be uh, talking about next re- week. Can we guess it, Ryan? Can we guess like one? Have one guess each. Oh, I have absolutely no idea. So I'm gonna say no. If you wanna, if you wanna throw your guess out there, you can. What do you think uh, next week's album will be? <sighs> okay. Okay, Ryan told me uh, this is off podcast banter, so this is rare stuff, guys. Ooh, so boy. Ryan Behind told the me scenes. Ryan told me it's probably something a bit more accessible and mainstream, but he also refused to tell me because quote I want to see your reaction. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it's either this is happening by LCD Sound System or Angles by The Strokes. Wrong on both fronts. Okay, but, oh boy. fantastic guesses. It was a fun time. And we will we will reveal this in just a moment. But I invite you to, after we announce it, uh, take a listen to it and submit your own thoughts on the album. Would you recommend it? Would you not? What did you like about it? What did you dislike? Let us know. We may or may not be reading these uh, on the show. So uh, I also definitely invite you to listen to uh, Give Up the Fight by the Ultrasounds. I will link both the uh, SoundCloud and Bandcamp in the uh, description, hopefully. And apparently you should listen to the SoundCloud version because there's more songs on it. Spotify, what? that's where I listen did to I say, it. Did I say SoundCloud? You did. Yes. I meant Sound. Pilot! Pilot! Pilot. I have one thing to add with, with this album, and this this isn't a bad thing or anything, but in doing um, all the research that I did about this band before coming in today, it was really hard to find anything on this band. Like, I couldn't find a website. It, I think I was able to find a Facebook page, but like I didn't, I couldn't figure out like where they're from exactly. I couldn't figure out the names of the artists, like the producer. I, it was very difficult. So it it was a hardcore underground phase for me, and f- and for that I apologize. No worries, man. But all that information will be on their Bandcamp, which I will for sure get in the description. But without further ado, we've been rambling on long enough. Ryan, what are we listening to this week, and what will we be talking about next week? All right. Well, um, honestly, this week I've mostly just been listening to this album, The Ultrasounds. Um, I mean, I didn't really have much time to listen to much else. <laughs> I'm a very busy man right now. My, most of my days just been crying. <laughs> All right. Um, so here on the Deadbeat Club, we want to be able to talk about some lesser known and better known <laughs> albums. The so. suspense is killing me. <laughs> Next week, I wanted to do something that you might have heard of, and I also wanted to nip these uh, agreements between us in the bud. Oh. I want us to fight. Oh I want there God. to be blood. I have a dog. Just Oh, yeah, you do, but it's beside, he's You guys lazy. don't know that. Beside so. the point, my heart can't take this anymore. Ryan, what are we listening to? <laughs> Next week, we will be listening to the fourth Arcade Fire album, <laughs> Reflector. Oh, oh, I cannot believe you did this to us. The second episode. Oh, don't you want us to stay together, Ryan? I don't. We have a few more years left. I want to test. Oh. I want to <laughs> test this bond. I want to. If we can't tackle this, then what else can we do? If we can beat this, we can do anything. Damn it. Well, hey, hey. Well, <laughs> it just kind of happened. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's gonna be gonna be pretty easy to record that album because there's really only one song, but that's cool. Oh, okay. Save, <laughs> let's save it for next week. For next week. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining join, joining us. Holy crap! Joining us on this very first, very special episode of uh, the Deadbeat Club, and please join us next week for our second and possibly final episode of the Deadbeat Club. Thanks, guys. This is Graham Taylor signing off. Joined by Ryan Fine, R. Preston Radke, and we hope to see you next week. And 
hopefully beyond that. Pilot. Good night, everybody. Pilot.